episode 101. Yeah, how did that happen? Seriously, I mean, I thought we'd get to about episode 10 if we were lucky. Do you know how this happened? Because we've just been us, and we've not tried to be professional podcasters, we've not tried to be something we're not, and people people like us because we're just us, and we rib with each other, and we argue, and we interrupt each other. Well, I interrupt you. <laughs> you don't interrupt me because you've got much more manners I than do I sometimes. have. But, but that concept is that I think people want, especially through this pandemic and these weird times, people want people to be them, not to be someone they're not, you know, one of the exercises we used to do on one of our training courses is, was, who are you pretending to be? Uh-huh. And for a long time, I was pretending to be my mentor, who is Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield was a great, great storyteller, and he spoke with clarity, and he, and he sounds just like Kevin Cosner. And he would share a story, and I would think, I'd love to be able to do that. And I'm not a great storyteller. I'm not even that funny... But I can be funny playing off somebody else. Sure. Which is why I find it very hard to do webinars when I'm talking to... When there's to, nobody there, yeah, yeah. No, it's not there's nobody there when I'm talking to my own face. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, yeah. it's like it's, it's you and a camera as opposed to you and an audience, isn't it? It's, but I'm okay if I'm different. talking to one person. So even doing a podcast, when <coughs> you're here, I can do that. But often I'm, doing, I'm asked to do a webinar and I have to beg for somebody in the office. I don't mind if it's the office cleaner that I can talk to somebody. So, you know, who was I pretending to be? I was pretending to be Jack Canfield. Who was I pretending to be? I was pretending, you know, I was a, a, you know, a semi-professional tennis player. I, I was pretending to be Jimmy Connors. And then when you watch kids play, and right now, because I don't know when this podcast is going out, but the French Open is on right now. And it's really interesting to watch kids play tennis because they start banging their shoes to get the clay out of them. Well, there's not many clay courts in the UK. <laughs> there's even less clay courts indoors. And often you'll see someone tapping the underneath of their shoe because they, they've watched clay players doing it and they think they're pretending to be Nadal or whoever it might be. When you show up as your authentic self and people see you for your vulnerabilities, people buy into it. And we've spoken about, you know, the word intimacy really means into me, you see. Well, I've got flaws like everyone else, and after two brain aneurysms, my memory's going. I mess up. I swear sometimes on stage. I always want Diet Coke, and Neil, you've got your regular Coke, so... Yeah, I, no, don't, I, I don't drink Coke very often, but I'm going to... It's and full just fat. for the record, we are not sponsored by Diet Coke, but Coca-Cola, if you are listening, we're happy to take the sponsorship. Um, yeah, but, but I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but if Pepsi want to sponsor us, we're not interested. <laughs> Um, but, you know, but when you show up, and I think one of the things we said in the last episode is that very often we don't let people know how we feel and we use other language. So, you know, the word fine or it's okay, where clearly it's not. And when we hold on to resentment, the person who gets the most damage is us. Absolutely, 100%. And we've always shared, you know, resentment. It's like taking poison and hoping the mm. other person dies. The, I mean, the other quote I love about it, actually, it's um, Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And I can't remember the exact words, but she basically said, you know, um, the smallest hint of resentment is like taking one puff of a cigarette. You know, it doesn't, do, doesn't necessarily do masses of damage, but it's definitely damaging. But I think for everyone who's listening to our podcast and anyone who's watching us on video, we are just us. This is who we are. And we want to share with people 
normal life and whether it's relationship breakup, kids leaving home, uh, you've heard about my kids, you know, I've got one kid who got married who I haven't shared with you is expecting. You hadn't shared. And we had a gender reveal last week and it's a little boy. Awesome. There's going to be a a little man, uh, another Risner to uh, to share. So we'll have four four generations. Fantastic. And my daughter is in Italy in the Dolomites doing a food tour. And have a guess who's joining her next week. I will be. And if it involves food and Italian food and ice cream, I'm definitely there. But we share what's going on in our lives. And I think most people who do podcasts put on this image that the world is fine. Business has never been better. You know, I've had a year that's been bizarre in one way that says on May, on May, on March the 26th, I think I was down 95% and I thought, am I going to survive? But I probably could do something. By the end of the June, my mortgage was clear and other things were going on. By October the 1st, I'm in profit and I've earned quite a bit of money, but I've changed my model. And I think this is the year of changing the way we work, changing the way we reflect on ourselves and more importantly, changing relationships. And I know you've had a bit of a change in relationship. I, yeah, I mean, you know, the last the last couple of years for me, if I if you know, if I rewind two years, um, <clears throat> in fact, if I rewind roughly two years to when you and I were on stage, hold on, just together, when we started doing the podcast, when we thought our lives were fine. Well, I was going to say, if, if if I rewind roughly two years to you know, you and I were on stage together, I was emceeing and speaking at an event. You were one of the other speakers at the event. We got talking after it and decided to do this podcast. If I reflect from that point to now, you know, I resigned from a business that technically I still co-own part of, but I'm not involved with at all. Um, I, you know, I revamped another company that I had. I've um, left the marriage. I've got into a new relationship. I've moved house kind of twice during that time, one into sort of a temporary place um, and then you know, into another home of my own. Um, you know, my business models changed like everybody's has because there are no live events and things really taking place right now. The, the, yeah, life from two years ago is is unrecognizable. So are you really saying that since you've met me, you're totally effed? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I would just say that it's life's become very different. It's not necessarily worse. It's not necessarily... I'm so glad um, you said... Actually, let me rephrase that. Some areas are worse. Some areas are better. But it's... That's the normal ebb and flow of life, right? I mean, I... You mentioned about storytelling and you mentioned about, like, Jack Canfield and storytelling and stuff like that. A lot of people, when they teach storytelling, talk about having, like, you know, three mountains and you reach the peaks and whatever. And I've learned that from two or three different people and studied it in different ways and, you know, looked at the hero's two journeys and all these kind of things to try and make myself a better storyteller. What I actually realised for myself is I actually believe all stories follow four seasons. And so most of the best stories that people tell start in autumn. Because autumn is, is kind of nice and the, you know, the leaves are changing colours and things. But we all know winter's coming, right? Winter hits. That's a problem coming into the story. You know, and we get into the darkness and the doom and the gloom. But then spring comes and we start to get a little bit of hope and we get some blossom on the trees. But, you know, here in the UK, it also pours down with rain. So it's not exactly all, all perfect and everything else. And then when we figure stuff out, we get into summer. But what's coming next? Another autumn. And I actually think our life follows those seasons. And one of the things that I kind of teach people when it comes around storytelling is 
if you're going to be telling stories about you or about your business or about successes you've had for yourself or with clients or whatever, start thinking of your life in seasons. What are all your autumns? What are all your springs? What are all your summers? You know, what are all your winters? And there will invariably there will be a part of your life that is in summer right now, but there's probably another part of your life that's in autumn or in winter. And, that, and that's normal, you know? Um, I don't think any of us have everything like perfect the whole time. And I think if you tell yourself you are, you're lying. You're just not looking deep enough. You're not actually seeing the reality of it. Well, that's that, that whole thing about yin and yang. You know, if, it, if everything was perfect, it wouldn't be perfect. Exactly. You know, it's like hot and cold. The word I was looking for was polarity. I just lost the word in my mind. But you, there are polarities. What I was going to say was, when you said about things are different, we often say people are difficult. They're not difficult, they're just different. Yep. So if we look at life as a whole, what different things have happened this year? And for a lot of people, they're not difficult. I've never spent so long at home. I've never spent so many nights having dinner with Fran. I've never spent, you know, until Sasha went traveling, we would have dinner for three of us every single day at 7.30. Mm-hmm. Well, that's never going to happen because my daughter's now in another relationship. She'll, she's now left home again. My son, who lives literally four miles away, other than a Friday night dinner, is never going to be staying in my house ever again. There could be a hurricane and his flat burns to the ground, <laughs> God forbid. He's never sleeping in his own home again. Um but life is just different. Yep. I'm not, and there'll be lots of people listening to saying, but life is really difficult. And I'm not saying it's not difficult. I just think it's very different to the way it was planned. And so, yes, some of us haven't had as many holidays and we haven't get, got together. And Christmas will probably be very different. And, you know, Eid, you know, the government said you couldn't have more than six people. We had the Jewish New Year. We couldn't have more than six people. But what happened was that those six people and your chosen six, whoever they were, you've got much closer to. Mm. And, and I, I'm not sure we'd ever have that. You know, where there was a very big Jewish festival a couple of weeks ago, and normally we would have 20 people here for dinner. Well, you, you're not talking to all 20 people. Sure. You're probably talking to, to, stranger, six. to about yeah. six. Yeah. Well, now you've only got six, and I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. I don't want to get into scientific proof. But you've got a closer bond with those six people because you've now had time. You know, if I was a young parent and if I go back in history and I was talking to this with my wife this morning when I was walking the dog, I wasn't at home until Daniel was seven and my daughter was four. I missed a lot of years because I live in North London and my office was in Surrey. So if I was a young parent now and I was at home as much as I am oh, my God, that time's never going to come back. Yep. And so for lots of parents, I don't dispute it's difficult to work at home and the noise and the sound and people want to get back to the office. And I have another client who does massive office development who is crying out for people to go back to the workplace but has had to realise that the world is changing and it's down to trust. Yep. So I think we've spoken about this before, and apologies, but the reason we let we didn't want people working from home is because we didn't trust them. Then on March the 17th, the government said you can't go to the office, and all of a sudden we trusted everybody. Yep. I have always shared this, that you know I trust nearly everybody until they let me down. Mm-hmm. So now we've got an office situation where, and I work with a, a guy called Tim Oldman who runs the Leesman Index. It's a phenomenal model where they have interviewed over half a million people over 25-plus countries, and they're looking at the way people are working in the workplace. And then they're looking at the way people are working from home. And, you know, it's not working from home. It's just a new place of work. Yep. 
the question is, you know, if you're living in a bedsit or you're working from home with your parents and you're, you know, literally you don't have a proper desk to work on, it's not a normal environment. So in, in one of the next episodes, I'm going to share some ideas how to be more creative working from home, getting a job from home and understanding this new world is not going to go away. And for lots of people, creativity is not being developed because you don't have people to bounce ideas. That's why I love, even though we've done Zoom podcasts, I love doing a podcast face-to-face. The energy is different. It's it's completely different. It's completely different. I think the other thing that's kind of popped into my head while you've been talking, and I think is like it goes right back to some of the stuff you're saying about like Jack Canfield and stuff. Um, My university, and I didn't know this when I went there, and I discovered it while I was there, and I thought I picked the right one because of it. Its motto basically means do different. And that's it, it's do different. As in, for me, that's like be yourself. And the number of people who in my career have said, oh, you could be the next, insert name. And I, like, I don't want to be the next anybody. And I, I've had periods where I've kind of emulated other people and gone, oh, maybe I need to be more like that. But probably one of the biggest gifts I've given to myself is to go, no, actually, I just need to be me. And people that are okay with that, great. The people that aren't, well, they're not my people. And that's not always as easy to accept as it is to say, you know, but, but that's the reality. And I think if more of us had the courage to just show up as ourselves, if more of us had acceptance of things that are outside of our control. So like, you know, take this year as an example, massive disruption for everybody's lives, whether you like it or not. The people that have had more success through it are the people that have been quicker to accept it and adapt to it. You know, there are, there's been things in my life this year that have been, I've had no choice but to accept, but they've still been unacceptable, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've, I've accepted it, but with massive, massive reluctance. And all that's really done is made it painful to accept it. And eventually I've gone, well, I need to accept it anyway. So why didn't I just do that in the first place? Well, I have a friend who writes books and uh, I have a, a mini mastermind group of five speakers um, and Paul McGee, who's a good friend of mine, who has the sumo theory, and he, he he's just written a book. Shut with, up and move on, yeah. right? Um, but his his new book, which came out literally this week, is all for teenagers, and some of it's about dealing with this new world teenagers are facing. And it's a fantastic book, and every teenager should get it. And now I'm not on commission, <laughs> and Paul has no idea I'm talking about this. But for someone like Paul, he's adapted his model. So instead of doing it for the workplace, he's done it for teenagers yep. because these kids have never been at home the same way. You know, you've got this whole pan- this whole group of kids have gone to university who are in their dorms having lectures online. Well, they must have been at home, yep. but they want the university experience. Then we've had the pubs closing at 10 o'clock. So they drink till 9.59 and 59 seconds. <laughs> we go back to my famous model. Your favourite time, yeah, yeah. And then they leave go to an off-license, bring alcohol home to continue the party. And how do these kids develop when they're not interacting in the normal way? And now you've got, are these kids going to be allowed home for Christmas? So for all of us, different doesn't have to be difficult. Different is just different. And I think different is going to be around, and as much as this is going to kill me to say this, for at least two years. Yep. Now, I flew to Ukraine. No, I didn't. I flew to Lithuania, which is amazing because I only went a couple of weeks ago. I flew to Lithuania, and what was lovely in one way was the airports were quiet. My uh, client booked us a uh, fast track, 
which was slightly <laughs> embarrassing. Was, was, the, was it slower? I was, I was the only person going through any of it, but it did make me proud. I had fast track to get on my plane. Um, but the, the funniest thing, and I must share this, so I'm going with my colleague Jeff, and he is 1D, which always reminds me of D1. He, he's D1. He, he's 1D. I'm uh, 1E. And the plane is three quarters empty. Mm-hmm. And some idiot decides to come and sit next to me. <laughs> I mean, the whole plane is empty. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm not sure if I said the F word, but I probably did. Like, what are you doing? Move. Yeah. So we, we travelled to Lithuania two and a half hours. We get through customs. And there's a man at the other side with three names on a board who are the three speakers for the event that we're doing. <laughs> the guy you told to me was the third one. <laughs> I mean, you, you've, you've, you've stolen the story. But as we're walking, I can see this guy thinking, Oi, this is the guy I've told her F off. And, and, and it became the standing joke for the 24 hours because we knew on the way back we had the same three seats here. And his words were, as we got on the plane, I presume I won't be sitting next to you. <laughs> but here's the point. Life is going to be different. Life is the way it is. And, you know, I, I'm booked to go to the States uh, April the 3rd for five speaking engagements. I'm desperate to go back to the States. Uh, so am I, but for different reasons. Yeah. Um, the, the Cheesecake Factory is calling my name. And I've got reservations at every Cheesecake Factory in Florida, just in case. But who knows? And for the first time in a long time, I'm not anxious about it because I've changed my model. Of course, I want to fly to the States because I like being in America and I have a big client base there. You've obviously got different reasons, but it may be that it's not open and we'll have to change our model. And I'm sorry for anyone who's got kids. You know, uh, my personal assistant's got a child there. One of our closest friends has got a child there. Uh, Life is different. And so if I leave one message before the end of today, every time you come up with an uncomfortable position, just recognise it's different, it's not difficult, and that will change your mindset because otherwise you're just going to go through the whole of this year in blame, in whining, and I'm not going to the BMW one, but you're just going to be in, in angry mode yep. over something that's uncontrollable right now and the only control you've got is of your mind. So for me, every time I get to a situation where I'm not happy, I go... It's different. Yeah. I then allow myself three seconds to breathe. And if I'm still angry, I remind myself it's different. Yeah. Well, I mean, in my in my new book, I mean, we're, we're actually over time again. This is probably our second longest episode ever. Um, but, I mean, in my new book, one of the things that I talk about is, you know, was it really mean to be alive? And the first part of that, the A of alive, is acceptance. You know, and the quicker we accept things, not accept the unacceptable, you know, not accept things we can actually do something about. But the quicker we accept the things that are outside of our control, the quicker we can actually you know, move on and deal with the stuff we can do something about. Well, let's about talk about your book better. So in the next... That up. Yeah. But let's just say one thing to everyone who's listening. Uh, we've decided to do 20-minute episodes just for the moment because we've had a few complaints... And the reason we did 12-minute episodes is because for lots of people, they were getting in their car on a Monday morning and 12 minutes was a motivational boost. Now people are doing 20-minute walks instead of 12-minute car journeys. We've decided to do a bit longer. If you're not happy, just remember, it's different times. (laughs) And we will see you on the next episode. And you know what you can do in between time? 
And if you don't know, then listen to every other episode we've done because I think it's on the end of pretty much all of them. And that is give us a review. You know, um, it helps motivate us. Uh, and if we're motivating you, why not give some of the love back? And we will speak to you soon. Your best shit, it starts right here.